Hello. May I have a moment of your time to discuss After Later Audio's heritage line of modules? Oh, good. First up, we have the Bosque Oscillator. It is a triangle core oscillator that is based on the same CEM3340 chipset used in legendary synths such as the SH-101, Profit 5, and Memory Moog. Next up is the Envy ADSR style envelope generator based on the CEM3310 chipset which was found in many classic synthesizers such as the Pro 1, Profit 5, and Memory Moog. They've added a small twist end of attack and end of release delayed triggers, which is my personal favorite feature. And finally, the Filthy Filter, which has four outputs that simultaneously offer low pass, band pass, high pass, and notch filtering. Everything that you hear behind my voice is a talk lowly and seriously and very velvety was made with two of each of these modules. Please visit AfterLaterAudio.com to learn more. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Podular Modcast. My name is Tim Held. Today's guest is Abe from AI Synthesis. He was last on episode 10, so we have a lot to talk about. So stay tuned for that. But before we get into that, I want to say that I'm over a month without smoking, and uh, I haven't drank any alcohol in a month either because you guys, uh, if anybody out there is a smoker or has been a smoker, you know that um, alcohol makes you really want to smoke cigarettes for some reason. Um, so I have, I have abstained from alcohol in order to not smoke. And I've also kind of missed out on some events because um, I just wanted, Hannah and I wanted to kind of go into a little bit of a hibernation mode just to really put some distance between us and cigarettes. Cigarettes are just so interwoven into your life when you're a smoker that everything is a trigger to make you want one. And it's just, it's like when you leave a place and you're driving, like driving is a huge part of it, but going out, it's just, yeah. So anyways, all this is to say I'm a month off cigarettes. It's been great. Um, and this weekend I went out to, um, to a show and uh, I got to see um, a bunch of really, really awesome modular performances. Uh, if you haven't heard of the Untitled Beat Collective, it's a beat collective started by Ray here, uh, Ray from Patchworks uh, here in um, Seattle. And uh, it's, you know, there's just a bunch of awesome local artists in it. And it was cool to see a bunch of uh, techno done on hardware at the show. Um, yeah, just everybody played great sets. It was, it was really cool. And, uh, I got to hang out with uh, Mitch from Empress Effects, who's going to be on next week. I got to chat with him and Ellison uh, from Waveform, and it was it was cool to get, be able to hang out with him and uh, and watch him do a, an, a workshop on Zoya um, and the uh, Euro Bureau, which is the the Eurorack version. So yeah, it was just a cool weekend, and uh, I have to say that I was a little uh, worried, not worried, but I was thinking, oh, this will be kind of lame to not be able to have a couple beers when I go out to the show. Um, but you know, I'm just like, there's not enough distance between me and the cigarettes to do that. So, um, to tell you the truth, it wasn't hard at all. Uh, I saw, you know, people having a beer. It's like, Oh, that sounds kind of good. But, uh, I had just as much, if not more fun, which is kind of crazy because, uh, I'm, I'm not like a heavy drinker, but I, a regular drinker. So, uh, 
it was cool to see that, oh yeah, it's, it's still fun if you're hanging out with people you like. So uh, yeah, if you're having a hard time with the smokes or with drinking or with anything, uh, I understand it's hard, but uh, if, if you've ever had that thought, well, I just hope you know things won't be as fun. I, I'm not sure that that's true. So uh, yeah. Um, what else can I say? Without the cigarettes, and I think having not drank is contributing to this, but uh, my daily anxiety and depression has been um, palpably lower. And uh, yeah, it'll kind of come in and out rather than just like stick around. So I'm kind of curious to keep this going. Um, and crazy enough, a month into not being a smoker, I still don't feel like there's enough distance between me and alcohol. I think if I had a few drinks, it would be really hard not to smoke. So I'm going to keep it going. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty stoked that I'm not smoking anymore. I want to say thank you to Lisa Belladonna for letting us use this track uh, pretty often in the intros of this this show. Um, I really love it. It's called I Know You Don't Love Me. And um, if you want to hear and watch Lisa perform this on a Moog One, uh, go to YouTube and look up. It's a, uh, it's called Moog One Impressions with Lisa Belladonna. And she does all these different performances, but it's like four minutes in. She does this song solo on a Moog One, and it's really cool. Um, also, I want to say thank you to our sponsors today. Eschatonic Modular. If you need power for your DIY case or your your home studio case that you're building out of all that black walnut that you spend a bunch of money on, please visit eschatonicmodular.com to learn more. Also want to say thank you to Patchworks, our lovely synth shop here in Seattle. If you want to help support a cool brick and mortar shop, go to P-A-T-C-H-W-E-R-K-S.com, patchworks.com. Um, what else do we got to talk about? Um, I want to tell you about the uh, the new EP that I'm releasing with my friend Tess, uh, Tim and Tess. It's on the Self Center Records uh, Bandcamp page. It's just uh, it's like four tracks. Um, we started about five years ago, finished it about three years ago, and um, we just sat on it because she's really busy in her other projects, and I got into uh, into the podcast and stuff, and we finally decided it is time to release it. Um, so yeah, please go to selfcenterrecords.bandcamp.com to check that out. It will be out February 21st, um, but right now there's a single streaming. Um, I really appreciate you checking it out. It was a lot of fun to make. And finally, I just want to talk about um, what I've been doing with uh, live streaming and YouTube. Uh, it's been really fun. I'm doing like these call-in shows where basically uh, if you find me on Skype, Podular Modcast, and send me a message, you'll be added to the queue, the line, um, and then I'll do these these live streams and give you a call on Skype, and then uh, we can chat for about 10 minutes about whatever you want. Um, it's been really fun, and it's been we've had some cool people calling in from uh, people that I know uh, from uh, the local scene to uh, people that I haven't met before that listen to the show. And uh, we've also had some, some uh, past guests call in. We've had Kyle Swisher from the source of uncertainty podcast call in. We have had uh, Abe who's today's guest. He was on uh, a recent one. And then uh, our Benny was also on that one. Uh, So yeah, it's been, it's been really cool. Um, My friend who makes pipe organs called in my friend, Jeffrey, uh, who's getting into guitar pretty heavily called in. Um, and then, yeah, just all sorts of people. It's been a lot of fun. So please go check out uh, the YouTube page and subscribe there. Um, also going to be just continuing to add uh, demo videos and stuff there. And, uh, yeah, it's been super fun. And if you want to get to the front of that line 
to the front of the queue to get on the call-in show, go visit patreon.com forward slash podular modcast. Um, I really want to thank, uh, like there's been three or four people that have joined up in the last two weeks since I started this, uh, this new push to get more people on board. And, uh, yeah, it just, it means the world to me. So if you want to sign, sign up at, uh, $5 a month, I'll send you a pod mod blank panel and a little care package of stickers. Um, and a handwritten note and if you want to sign up for ten dollars i'll send you all of that plus a music to come down to cassette tape um all right i've rambled long enough let's talk to abe from ai synthesis i think so yeah and i was i was just gonna say i looked up the date and you were episode 10 that's what i thought yeah so you return for episode 92 i believe May eight, May twenty eighth of two thousand eighteen was when it was um, released, but I'm pretty sure we, re- we recorded it a bit earlier than that. At least a month. Um, yeah, because yeah, I think I wanted to have ten recorded before I released any, and you were the tenth, so that makes sense. A little behind the curtain for you listening at home, um, but Abe, I gotta say, even though we haven't talked on the show since May twenty eighth two thousand. 18. Um, yes. Which we've talked quite a bit since, and uh, I dare say become uh, pretty good buddies. So that's been a pretty cool aspect of having the show. Yes, although disclaimer, all positive views you have of my modules are completely not uh, not influenced by any friendship. <laughs> There's no... Oh, I guess that's true. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah. Yeah, I guess as a business guy, you got to make that clear. Um, no, I'm a huge fan of of AI synthesis. Well, that's I think that's you know that's what sparked it all anyway. So I'm a fan. If of you Tim. start as a fan, oh, thanks, buddy. Um, you know, as I've as I've gotten gotten like bigger and bigger systems and getting more, uh, my my first mixer ever was the AI mixer, and I have three of them still. And uh, even though I use like for my actual mixing of all my tracks, I have like a bigger mixer. Um, with like sends and stuff, I actually use my, I still have, I, I sprinkle my AI mixers throughout my system and, uh, I've created my own audio, my own effect sends with them. That's how I do. Like if I want to use my reverb with more than one voice, it's really nice to have, um, spread out in there. So nice. Um, I'm actually working on a really dumb mixing concept (laughs) like that, that has sends and stuff. I still, I think sends like, I'm I'm not even really like I wouldn't even consider a mixer now without sends. Right. I usually use in my own setup I usually use the matrix mixer as like both because uh-huh. it it is both a mixer and a sending mixer all uh-huh. at the same time. Um but I've been playing with the idea of like what would cuz like the you know like the standard kind of like quote unquote studio or live mixing format for euro is so kind of inherently dumb because it's <laughs> it's too it's just too short like uh-huh. 3u is just too short to handle a channel strip like a real one right uh-huh. like you can't you you're always sacrificing something you're going to sacrifice sends you're going to sacrifice eq or something you know mm-hmm. or you can have voltage control or not you know but so I've been trying to figure out like what what does modular mixing actually mean in like in well, a, in a that's, modular environment. I want to see what you. Th- I mean, this, my my feeling on it. So I was I was looking at that that Roland mixer. Um, I forgot the it's the Roland Eurorack mixer, and it's it's 
pretty expensive. And I was like, well, it must have some cool options. And um, I guess it just depends on what you think cool options are. But it has it has CV ends and little pots for panning. Mm-hmm. Um, I would gladly get rid of all CV control over panning, in in uh, you know to trade for sends. Yeah, like, that, my, that's my concept. So the concept I'm building is actually three modules. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. Maybe this will. It's this is if I make it. I've I've reserved three. <laughs> You're gonna get people excited, and they're gonna be like, "Oh shit, that thing never happened." No, I'm working on it, and I I think I am gonna make it. Um, mm-hmm. Like that's what I'm prototyping right now. But the idea is that the mixer is actually three modules, and and it you could make them work individually, but they are made to work together. And so mm-hmm. you've got one that's just like input strips, and those are really simple inputs, just channel inputs um, with sends. And then and and manual panning, and then you have another set of modules that are more for stereo and do have VC panning if you need it. And that uh-huh. way, if, if you don't need it, just don't buy it. I think that's a good idea. And then yeah, there's like, a, if you, a master if you channel too that has like all the returns for the sends and like the headphone and the cue mixing. Mm-hmm. And it's like you do need that one. But the idea is like you, it could be a four channel, it could be an eight channel, it could be a twelve channel, it could be a sixteen channel, it could be an eight channel with two auto pan channels. It could, you know, it's like it actually is modular. So mm-hmm. you, you just kind of do what you want. You build it yourself, and if you don't like it, you can tell me, and I'll maybe I'll make like a fourth one for it or something. I don't know. <laughs> but I, I, dude, I, make an EQ expansion for it, like based because what I want is but like you have filters. just like a. Yeah, I know, but then, but I like using filters, like you know, for more like filtery uses. Like, yeah. to, I feel like using a filter that can do some really cool stuff just to scoop some mids that I don't like. And plus, it's not, it's just not the same. You can't get the same kind of control for me. So I guess what I want is like a mixer, like like a Mackie mixer in Euroform. But then it's like, why do that when you could just get a Mackie mixer for? an eighth of the cost way, probably yeah exactly it'd be way cheaper yeah. um i'm just thinking for like travel like it like i like if i could if i could make 7u work like if i'm going to take it on a plane i've traveled twice with a 6u and a 7u and that's already like and uh, you know laptop and stuff to to record it um uh-huh. that's that's already quite a bit i didn't i wouldn't want to add like a like a mixer to that because i'd have to check it and like i don't know like so I'm just trying to think of like the ultimate live like that's that's something I've been thinking about a lot lately is like what is the my ultimate live rig and I just want to set up my 7U to just always be that and that way I don't have to f- like I just loaded up 3 quarter or 3 fifths of my Needham's Needham Woodworks case yesterday and it just takes so fucking long and it's like I'm tired yeah. of rearranging shit. Yeah. <laughs> so let me ask you this and listeners feel free to go to my my site and contact me with your thoughts just go to the contact page and tell me so I thought about EQ. Mm-hmm. So my first thought was, there's filters. If you have filters, right. you don't need EQ. But then it's like, well, that is dumb because you're not going to use a voltage control filter to like take out the lows to leave more mm-hmm. room for the kick, right? You're not going to like. That's a pretty bad use of like a, a four to six HP. Right. Yeah. <laughs> High pass filter. So I thought, okay, cool. I can make. So then I'm now I have then I had three ideas. Um, I was like, well, it's got to be super compact because I can't add it to the channel strip; it's too mm-hmm. tall. So, 
and I also don't know what it wants. So then I was like, okay, you know, passive EQ is actually really easy. Passive high pass and low pass filters are super simple. There's, it's mm-hmm. literally a resistor and a capacitor. That's all they are. You choose the different values, and that defines where they cut off. So I was like, okay, I could make, I could make like a basically like a two HP, like basically the multiple. Uh huh. Got eight, eight jacks, and it would be in out, and it would so it'd be like okay, your kick drum high pass, your um, bass high and low pass, your lead high and low pass, and then like something that's just low pass for like pads or something. So four ins, four outs for potentiometers. No, not potentiometers. Oh, so, so you set. couldn't adjust the value. They're set. Yeah, mm. passive filters, passive passive EQing, you can't change. Well, that's not true. You could, but you would have to do some fancy shit that wouldn't be worth it. At that point, you just make a voltage control filter. The other thought is that it's like, well, fuck it. I'll just give formulas, and and I'll give you a bunch of resistors and caps. And like, you want it cut at this? Is this what you do? Is this your music? Just put these I two together. I kind of like that. If if because because I, I, once once you said lack of control like lack of potentiometer i i was like i'm not interested however if you have options for what um you know the frequency range that you want to cut on each like if you could do like uh, a couple different bandwidths and a, a couple a couple different like uh cut values or something and that's a that's a really great idea and, and and i think it just fits in with your brand of the the DIY approach to it too. Like I think a lot of people come to you. Actually, that's a question I'd like to ask. Like since, since the uh, last time we talked on the show, do people, are people more, do, do you find that your, you know, like loyal customer base is more leaning towards DIY or do they like to buy the, the made ones by you? Uh, most of my customer base likes to buy, either PCV and panels or kits and people either like the PCV and panels for um, like the value and then you get like mm-hmm. a super nice panel and a PCV um, and then the kit people like them just because all the parts are separated so that's what I like you yeah. don't have to like just... dump like a big thing of resistors on your table and sort them out which is mm-hmm. a complete pain in the ass like why buy a kit um, in my opinion if you do that and you're a competitor that's great for you but um if I'm gonna if I'm gonna pay for someone to pack a kit, I'll let them actually pack the damn thing. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, because it's it you you do not save as much money when you get the kit as you do with the other thing. But yeah, um, right. But then like the, what it costs in your time, if especially like if you're just like figuring out. I say if you're thinking about getting in DIY right now, if you're listening to this and you're just thinking about getting into DIY, and there's the option to get a kit or source your own parts. Um, Start with the kits and learn how to source parts because that in itself is a bit of an art yeah. um, to time it all out and everything. Because sometimes you can order seven eighths of your part and then Mouser doesn't have the other, you know, components. So you get this stuff and you got to wait six months sometimes, sometimes longer. It, it can, yeah. And, and then it's tricky because then you're like tempted, like, oh, do I go to like eBay and like just take a complete <laughs> risk? But then it's like, well, if it doesn't work, is it because you have a counterfeit chip or is it because yeah. something else doesn't work? And then, you know, then it's like you have to do all this weird testing. Yeah, I try to make that easy. I try to make it so like anything that you can't get on like Tata, I carry. So, okay. So it should be, I try to make it. 
like a two cart process where it's like between my checkout cart and Tato's checkout cart, you should be able to order everything you need. And you do links to like a, a BOM on Tato, right? They're not or links to like the that? BOM. They're direct links to the parts. Okay. okay. But they've been but changing. But still, the same thing. Yeah. They've been changing their URLs lately, though, and not doing redirects, which has been oh. annoying because people then email me because they think I have the wrong link. And technically, right. I, I do have the wrong link, but it used to be the right link. Right, right. And I'm actually it's 2020, direct, people. Come on. Yeah, I'm in direct communication with them. And I'm like, hey, just I got another email of, about this link. You know, do you want to put in redirects? And. And they're like, uh, we didn't change the link. And then I like show them like a page in the Wayback Machine. I'm like, yeah, you did. <laughs> like, if you put in redirects, it'll really like, like you're a you're a legit business. You do a lot more business than me. You should. And I'm I'm concerned about redirects. They should really be concerned. But uh, maybe this new year, maybe 2020 will be the year for them to implement redirects. <laughs> All right. So I have a I have a question for you. This is just like from a, a non-designer kind of dope um, to to somebody who's good at designing stuff. Um, what? Well, if you to ask <laughs> <laughs> with this, if you did like, like, are there like, um, like seats for resistors and capacitors where you could, you could like solder in the seat and then like plug in your different resistor. Like, so you could like give like a number of, uh, like a number of values for each kind of uh, frequency range, and then you could change them out if you wanted. Yeah, you could do that. Um, you could use like the if you've built any of my uh, synths that have like the sandwich PCBs, mm -hmm. Want mm -hmm. like those those sockets, the the female. Um, and I I don't want to I want to be non-binary people, but it's hard with headers and sockets. But the yeah the female socket. Um, you could just put resistors in there. Yeah, I think that that would be in, that would be something I would be interested in. Um, especially I'd be worried like, about traveling with it, though. I guess. Yeah, that would be kind of. Um, I don't know, I, but I, I do like the idea of being like, okay, here's here's the frequency ranges of the the resistors or something like that. Because like EQing is something that I I just feel like is when I'm doing a mix, like if I'm going to record like a huge patch and just do a stereo or even like four channels. Like another thing I use your mixers for is just having, um, I'll put like all my kind of mids on one of your mixers and like highs on the other. That's clever. And then put those on different tracks. Yeah. Um, but then I still have like individual pieces. You know, I have, that's, that's three voices. Like I, I, I'm just, I just want to EQ every single voice in, in a track. Of course like you For do. some reason. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I just wish there were better options for EQ. It's like I know the um, like music thing modular has a couple different ones. Um, I don't know. I would take like a I'd take like a forty HP like graphic EQ or something <laughs> like a two channel forty. Like I would I would be all over that. Have you heard about nineteen inch racks? Because <laughs> there are so many EQ units for that format. <laughs> I know, I know. It's just like it's again. It's like this. Like I've got this weird thing, and it's. I'm tr still trying to figure it out. I'm, I'm, I'm chalking it up to some form of laziness on my end. Um, but this whole, like, I want everything in the rack is not at all a purist thing. It's just, I find if, if I have stuff that's not in my rack, I just tend not to use it as much. Yeah. That's been my biggest lesson since becoming, um, a Eurorack user and less of a 5U user is with 5U, I was like, 
when I looked at Urac mixers, because that's what we're talking about today, um, I was like, <laughs> I was like, these are the dumbest devices. Um, not not the utility <laughs> ones, but like the big ones, like the performance uh -huh. ones. I was like, this is so stupid. It's so expensive, and you have so few features, and it's probably not even made that well. And like, you could just do outboard. And I was going into my Apollo. I was like, those mixers are so dumb. After I became a Urac user, I was like, oh. No, I totally get why people want this. Like, of course. Yeah. Um, it's just a totally different format thing. But there's something about 5U where it's like, no, I'll just patch into something else. Duh. And then there's something about Euro where even though this case doesn't really leave, um, it's, I just, yeah, if something's over here, it doesn't get used as much. Um, I still use the UAT stuff. I wonder stuff what that is. I don't know. It's really, I think uh, it might be because, because of the eighth inch jacks, honestly. Yeah, because, yeah, that's that's a huge... I mean, I have a bunch of, uh, you know, 3.5 to quarter cables, but, like, yeah. once those are out, then no more using anything outside. Um, yeah, I don't I, know what... I, I'm it's, holding up a huge jar of adapters to, to this camera. <laughs> Users, you can't see it, but I think I've got, like, 40, <laughs> literally 40 of them. I need to get some more of those. Um, although I think ModBang, the uh, the Seattle company that's making glow-in-the-dark cables, I believe they just started doing 3.5 to quarter inch. So. Yeah. Um, what else? Okay, so all right. Well, that's mixer. Thank, thank you for tuning in to Mixer Talk with Tim and Abe. Yeah. Um, I I kind of wanted to. I mean, it's been. I'm trying to think of like how we can have a conversation that isn't a conversation that you and I have already had before. But um, I'm I'm curious <laughs> if you could like maybe just catch us up. What what? I'm trying like. What's changed? How have things changed with you and um, with the kind of the 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 industry or scene? Like, uh -huh. it's it's been a while since we talked, and I feel like a lot has changed. There's a lot more manufacturers, um, a lot more people. I just feel like more people interested. Um, but like you, I think people who have their own companies have a pretty unique vantage point, and I've always liked to pick their brain. Yeah, um, it's it's definitely continued to grow somehow um <laughs> the user base which is cool um and it makes a lot of sense to um to me just because you know you do have a lot of people who are clicking away on a mouse at their job and they don't want to do that when they get home and they also don't want to practice guitar um <laughs> so and it's an instrument that you don't need necessarily to practice in the same way in order to keep up like a base level um, uh, skill. Like a, a yeah, there's no muscle, not a lot of muscle memory, or like you don't have to repeat scales. Right. You know, like today's scale day. Yeah. Right. It's in your. It's like once you learn what a VCA is, you know what that is, and you <laughs> now use it effectively um, uh -huh. without, without having to practice it every other day. Um, so yeah, it's really cool. Um, it's, you know, there's been a lot of, uh, I think, you know, there's been like a trend every year. So like we did have, like, there was the year where everyone put out a big Euro mixer. Um, and then last year was the not in Euro, Euro trend where a lot of people <laughs> made things that did not go in Iraq um, and were like adjunct types of systems um and those were cool and interesting and there's a lot of uh, interesting stuff there um i don't know what this year's trend is i mean the eurification of everything continues to be 
a, a trend where you've got, you know, some people are making like complete drum machines that go mm-hmm. in Iraq. And I'm like, oh, that's, then I, I put on my five view hat again and I'm like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, they're cool. Um, uh, they're not super modular, but, uh, they're semi-modular. I actually love semi-modular stuff. Um, I, th- I think we'll probably see a lot more semi-modular stuff this year as well. I think that the kind of out-of-the-rack stuff will continue. Um, for me, you know, I'm like I'm a little bit different just because I don't do... Like, I don't have uh, distributors, um, and I don't, you know, I don't do a ton of... Like, most of my business isn't pre-made modules. So... Um, my market's a little bit different. It, you know, it still is an educational company that happens to sell modules, um, and mm-hmm. not so much a modular company. And it will continue to be that. Um, so it's a little bit different. I quit my day job. That's a huge thing. Congrats! It feels good, right? It feels pretty crazy. Um, you did. You did it a few months before I was able to, and I remember just like being like. I was I was I was like uh inspired and and saw like okay it is possible but I was also like god damn it Abe you're so fucking lucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, and obviously a lot goes into that, but like, you know, I worked really hard at day jobs and like running this and a day job for like 4 years in order to buy a house um here which then gives me the stability a little bit to do that where I don't have to worry about mm-hmm. the same types of pressures, um, like having a good credit score. <laughs> yeah, right. Or Yeah, I was just thinking about that. Like, it, I was I was kind of like, I don't know. I was I was talking to my class the other, like last night about, you know, how, like the cost of housing. So I just kind of went down this wormhole and think about it all night. And, and I was just like, man, like if Hannah and I had to move, like, all of our savings would just be white. Like t- the first, first and last month's rent alone, mm-hmm. like as in Seattle, that's like, fuck, that's like you're looking at four thousand, yeah. five thousand dollars. Yeah. And on the low end, and it's like, oh, okay, well, then we would just have no money if we had to move. Like, right. so yeah. So I get uh, that's kind of stressful. Um, so. Yeah, it's nice to be locked in, where it's like I know what I have to pay, and that is, you know, and bonds change and other things change, but it's like okay, that's that's my nut. I got to make the nut. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so there's that. Um, and you know, it's, it's, I might have to go back to work at some point in time. It probably would be a good thing for me to do. Um, <laughs> uh, so we'll see, uh, that changed. Um, but I mean, the biggest thing about that is like when I quit in February of last year, I'm going to be getting an AI tattoo actually this coming month to, oh, nice. to commemorate the one year anniversary of quitting the day job. The, the logo. Yeah. The circle logo. Uh-huh. Um, it'll be opposite the crest tattoo on my other arm. Mm-hmm. Um, Are you going to do red? Just all red? I think I'm just going to keep it black. I don't have any okay. red. I don't know. Um, I think it's just going to be black. Um, uh, oh, yeah. So, like, when I quit my day job in February, I had, I think, five modules out total. Okay. And mm-hmm. then in the one year since then, I now have... I think a little over 10. 
like it's either 10 or 11. Yeah, so this doubled. year you've definitely, yeah, you've you've pumped out a lot of stuff this year. And well, I have should, nothing else to do. <laughs> yeah, we should go over what, what, what you've come out with and, um, you know, maybe some more teasers about what, what is coming up. But before we do that, I, I do want to say, like, I don't know how intentional it is, so I guess I could ask that. But it, like, I know your emphasis is on... Um, on education. So you have some, like your first couple, you know, I think it was your first three or four modules, your first three for sure were very, very basic, just like what you need in your system. You know, you had a molt, you had an ADSR and a mixer, right? Those were the first three. Mm -hmm. And then, okay. So like, while it's not like super sexy, exciting stuff, it's all stuff that we all need. I like that you've, you've kept with the, the easy to build kits and relatively like not simple concepts, but like nothing like you're not going crazy digital stuff, but you're still finding really interesting ways to have unique modules. Like you're not just like, you know, here is a, you know, you're not just like releasing like the simplest stuff. Like the tape interface delay is such a cool idea. Um, your OTA filter is, is not your standard filter. Um, the, the, the matrix mixer is while it, it could be, I don't know, like, I, it's not a beginner's module, even though it's relatively simple. Um, yeah, conceptually, it's it's a little, it could be tricky. But mm -hmm. but to me, it actually, like, for a modular system, it's like a total essential module. Like, um, it's, to me, the, the like, if you don't have a matrix mixer in your system, um, I think you, you could probably have a lot more versatile signal mixing going on. Um, mm hmm just with the nature of modular and like being able to mix CV and audio and feedback together. Uh, yeah, I, um, I def, you know, I, it's as an educational company, you definitely need to have things for, uh, beginners, um, mm -hmm. to learn on. And, um, you know, the molt and the mixer are perfect for that because low part count, um, easy builds. Um, and then, we added, I added the, uh, like the guarantee plan. So now there's a guarantee plan where like, if you mess up your build, you can send it to me and we, we do like the, whatever the price difference is. And then you end up with a working one. Uh -huh. Um, and then, but then I also realized that like in comments, people would be like, Oh, like, uh, you know, what like, the full voice, full voice. And so like originally I wasn't really going to do an oscillator. Um, because there's so many oscillators out there and, yeah. Um, there's not a whole lot new um, as far as analog oscillators with with how to you know generate the core waveform that you then get the other waveforms from you know um, and I was like well yeah I don't know and then um, but I realized that not having an oscillator was a huge stumbling block for people to wrap their mind around getting into DIY, even though I, you know, I don't suggest anyone start with the oscillator. It's got a ton of parts and they're expensive and you know, start, mm -hmm. start with something else. Um, and then I realized like, oh, I can do something different with the oscillator. Um, it's like the O11 VCO has an expander port on the back and there's a module in development for that that allows for um, analog wave shaping that works in conjunction with that. So it, it, and it, oh, does, cool. it does a lot of other stuff too. It's kind of like a... Uh, I haven't. I don't have a name for it yet, but it's gonna be like the O12, like voicing something. I don't know. I want to have a slightly clever name, but keep with <laughs> like everything that I do. It 
does what it says. And so I, I right. don't I don't want it to have a crazy name. Um, but it's like it's a harmonic generator. Maybe that's a good name. I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm still. It does a lot of different things. Yeah. Uh, um, so then I was like, okay, if I can do something different um, with the VCO, then then I'll put that out. Um, the tape one was like I'm a total. I love analog echo. Um, I've got the. Uh, space echo down there that I remade or that I fixed. Um, there's the Tapco 440 spring reverb that I'm working on. I've got like weird Radio Shack units. Mm-hmm. Um, I love <laughs> I love the the new digital uh, PT chip um, that sounds analog even though it, it is digital. Um, so I love that stuff and and there was no like tape interface. So I was like, ah, this will probably not sell at all, but I will make one because I think it's cool. <laughs> and it's actually doing pretty good. Um, people yeah. are interested in it. Um, there's definitely a crossover between experimental music and, you know, like modulars are definitely a, even though like modern modular sequencers are are super musical, if you want them to be, you know, there's still the opportunity for generative experimental music concrete type techniques in this format it, that it leans mm-hmm. it leans itself towards that um so yeah that's been good and and i've been rambling for a while well no it's i i yeah it was all good you're, you're talking to the king of rambling um oh, when i first saw the tape when you were doing that i was like oh cool you made like a tape delay like i thought you did like some modeling or something uh-huh. and then i learned that it was actually to an external device and i actually i I thought, well, I don't have an external device for it, but I, but I know so many people who are into tape. I, there's so that that there's like the crossover in that Venn diagram, you know, that little weird shape in the middle or whatever that's called. Like that's there's a lot of people who are into Eurorack, but also really into tape. So I, I'm not surprised at all that it's been popular. Weren't you, wasn't it going to be kind of like a limited edition, and now it's just kind of become one of the main things yeah. in the line? Yeah, I think I, I think it will probably get a reprint and become more regular. Yeah. It hasn't sold out yet of the original stock, but, um, I, it, it will this year. Um, yeah. Unless it completely stops selling, but yeah, I think, um, it will become a regular thing. There's not a huge difference in that, but a small one. Um, and then VCA is coming. Mixer stuff's coming. Still working on a certain filter forever. Um, is that the same filter that you were talking about uh, when we talked yes, in yeah. May? Of t- <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, is there like is it just going to be kind of a standard VCA? Um, it'll Are be you a, doing it, anything? It's it's a very high quality VCA. Uh huh. Um, it's not like a one three seven hundred op amp combo. Um, and those are fine. Like those are, like I have some of those in my system, and you know they're they're punchy and a little noisy, and do tend to stop working after a while, which is the main reason I'm not doing that combo. Oh, does I won't say the name. I'm just gonna hold it up to the camera. Does this have what you're talking about? Because uh, this. Let me look DCA, at the side. Uh, the one with chips. Yep. 
Yep, yep. This VCA just stopped working. It yep. just passes signal through now. Like, uh, interesting. Yeah, you. Probably, yeah, if I you, plug stuff in, it just goes. You might need to just swap out the chips. Um, but yeah, I've I have like a bunch of old VCAs like that that I've built, and they'll stop working. And I'm like, and then I swap out the chips. And you know, a lot of like you talked earlier, like you know, I don't have like crazy digital things. And the main reason I don't don't is one, I can't program, and two. It's not that I don't want to support that, because if I make something, I have to support it, and that's a whole other thing. Like it's like it basically doubles your work, right? Because you're already totally supporting doubles the work, and yeah. I, so it's like I don't want to support the software side of things. So it's like, well, that means no, that means none of that because I don't do that, um, and I don't want to do that. So, and I also wouldn't want to support a, a VCA that you know. I, I know would probably go bad after right. a couple of years. Um, it's, you know, it's why I probably won't do a wasp filter because those abuse the CMOS chip and burn those out. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and there's a bunch out there already. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's like a, I don't know. Th the current VCA that I've been working on it it uses SMD, which breaks a rule of my <laughs> design thing. But there's no other way. Like I was trying to do it through hole, uh -huh. um, but I don't. Just like triple the HP. No, it wasn't. It wouldn't triple the HP because I wouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. um, but it was like, it was like three or four PCBs stacked, <laughs> and I'm like, that's ridiculous. Like this yeah. is just ridiculous. Or I would have made it so cramped that I wouldn't be able to like troubleshoot it anyway. I was like, Ugh. and then also like with 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 VCAs, it's like a question of like what chip makers I want to support, mm -hmm. um, because I have to buy the chips, and some companies are better than others. Um, yeah, and the company I wanted to support didn't make a through hole version, so I was like, well. So do you SMD. do you just get the do you have those? Um when if people buy a kit, is this the SMD going to be? Is it going to come already on the the board, or are they going to have to do the SMD? You're going to have to do it. Yeah. Okay. And if, <laughs> if you don't want it, use someone else's. None of it's like the super tiny mutable stuff. It's yeah. all like it's all you can do it all by hand. Um, if you have, I tried. Yeah. I, before I knew that there were versions where it was humanly impossible to do it, um, I tried doing one on actually we were talking about earlier like waiting for parts so i ordered everything that i needed for like a kinks i think it was mm -hmm. um and then i had like there were three parts i literally waited seven months and kind of just forgot and finally got all the parts and went down and tried to do it and just fried everything yeah so i was like waiting for seven months spent 50 bucks and it doesn't work because it was too small um i got one side on i got one side of it on and then i <laughs> fucked up the other side and it's just like it was done um there was something I wanted to ask, but okay. So you, you don't, you're saying you don't do the di the digital thing for, yeah. because of the support and all that, and yeah. you don't program, but this is the impression that I get, but tell me if you agree. Um, I think m most people, okay. People approaching DIY do it for one of two reasons. They, for love, for the love of the game mm -hmm. and to cut cost. Mm -hmm. So people like to, get the kits of the nano clones and stuff like that because they're saving a bunch of money if they can if they know how to do that but so those are two different type of diyers and definitely this crossover for sure but i think generally people who do it for the love of the game might be a little bit more into the analog thing anyways yeah i mean 
uh, and it it depends, you know, because you've got like the you have like the monome people who yeah. dip into DIY but are actually like more than happy to like hand code on like what is it the Norns or whatever it's called. I don't know. Um, but like they know. love to code, and uh-huh. and and they, you know, and you've got the ornament and crime people who are like, oh, I'm going to figure out how to make this run dual hemisphere, and like, you know, so there's people who love that side of it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think there are people uh, who are more like me who it's like, okay, I'll you know, so I've I, I've got like a the radio music, I've got. Um, like some of those big crazy like digital oscillators, orgone accumulators, you know? So it's like, if all I have to do is compile code and then zip it to a chip, I can do that, but I hate it. I hate it so much. I'd much rather yeah. solder like 100 <laughs> resistors than do that. Um, so I, I think I think there are people like that where it's like, okay, I'll do it, but bleh. Um, yeah. But mainly, well, I, I just mean, don't want to support it. Yeah. And I, I feel like I look at, I look at your, your, uh, I hate to use like in like terms or industry terms like brand, but like if I feel like your whole thing is you, you have like a fan base, like it's not even just like a customer base. I feel like people are just into your approach too, you know? So I think having that be like, you've, you've kind of just like carved out niche. And I think, I think that works. Um, that's just my outsider's view. I mean, yeah, uh, but I mean that's but that's like a real thing too. And I mean like you know it's like people are like oh brand it's so brand is so corporate. Um, no, it's not. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean no, it, yeah. it is. Yeah. And if you're not a part of that world, it is. But like that's in my day job, you know that I my day career that I worked in for twelve years. Like branding was an essential part of that. And like people have brands. Like brand you know branding obviously is like oh it's gross it's like you've got a, a you know 100 people who are just working on changing your perception of a thing and yeah that part that is gross but mm-hmm. the thing is people do have a perception of you and that is what a brand is so if you are broody and a jerk all the time that's your brand and yeah. it, and, <laughs> and it might not it might work for you and it might not work for you so mm-hmm. You know, and um, I think the reason people do like AI synthesis is because, you know, there's no like burner account where I go and spew hatred. It's like <laughs> I I go online and I try to be helpful and I and I try to be polite and I try to be grateful and I try to, um, you know, be a positive impact. Uh, through AI synthesis and you know as you know my buddy uh, we drink and I'm not online and I can be true Abe um, and the, the real Baxter kitty comes out but but um, but AI synthesis is a good thing like mm-hmm. um, yeah and the, and the work I do through AI synthesis is good so and I am good you know on the most part as Abe but um you know i i think that's the reason it it does have fans is because you know its brand is a a positive worker like i teach people things i give them schematics for free um i try to give good advice yeah i mean shit dude like even i i've built so much of your stuff and 
I've had to send some of it back to you because I can be a ham bone sometimes. Um, and it's, it's always like, even like, even though we're, we're buddies, we're buddies enough to where you could like, you could be like, Oh, you dipshit, but you still don't do that to me when I feel like a dipshit. You're like, you're not a dipshit. It's fine. So like you're, you're, it's just, yeah. And that, and that's much appreciated, um, as somebody who's like part of that fan base that I was men- mentioning, you know, like even like, even though we're buddies, like I still like when I'm coming to you with these questions, you still treat it that way. So it's, I like that. Um, yeah. And that part's real. Like even drinking, Abel no, I know would it never call anyone a dipshit for, yeah, ever. I guess that's what I was trying to say. Like that, all of that isn't like a, like you're not like just holding up appearances, like, cause you genuinely, you genuinely do care that people, you want people to learn from their mistakes and you also want, you know, you understand that people make mistakes all the time, even people with experience. Yeah. You think, um, you think I've never plugged a modulin backwards? Like, come on. Like it's, <laughs> I've done, I've done every mistake that my users have done, you know, because I'm yeah. self-taught too. So, mm-hmm. um, so anything my users do, uh, that, if, you know, if they make an error, I've, I've certainly done it. And <laughs> yeah, I do want to be, I want to be good. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I totally get it. So you want to see my the latest in Tim Tim Hambonery in uh, in DIY? Yeah, it's not I, one um, of mine. That's a green PCB. It's not. It's not one of yours. It's uh, uh Lenny from After or Later gave me one of his uh, his jugglers. He's a nice um, guy. And all the uh, I love Lenny. Um, all the SMD stuff was already done, so it's just basically. I told him I was like, hey, I kind of have a hankering for uh, for building. Just I want to build some stuff, and they they recently are phasing out certain things. Just, um, yeah, they're just phasing out certain certain things that they're not selling anymore. But they have leftovers, basically. Uh, um, I don't know if that's public knowledge, actually. <laughs> Either way, um, here's maybe a cut point. I'll ask Lenny if that's okay for me to say. But I just asked, hey, can I? I'm just having a hankering. Can I just solder some stuff for you? And he he gave me this juggler and a couple other modules and. Uh, I just had to do the jacks and the power and then pots and look where I put the power on the on the top. I put the power on the front side yeah. like a total freaking idiot. I was, and that was the last thing I did. And I was like, sweet, I'm going to have a juggler It'll be a tonight. difficult and I was cable excited. to plug in. Yeah. Yeah. So I, and I don't have a, a, a desoldering gun, so I got to bring this over to him. And I did well, some LEDs you don't backwards a, on you another don't need one. need a desoldering gun. I mean, I tried getting it out. I can't. I just. I don't even have all of the the points soldered either. But okay. Yeah. Um, what else? We're shit. We're already at forty two <laughs> minutes. Um, I feel like we haven't even really caught up with with Abe the, Abe the person. Um, it was fun hanging out at Velocity. Oh, I've talked about Velocity a lot. I but, had so um, much fun. It was so cool. Yeah. Um, it was. It was really like. I had like a little bit of a fanboy moment um, because you, Eli from Mystic, um, Brandon from Mordax, and uh, my wife and... Allison? Is that it? Allison. Was was Allison with us? Actually, no, he wasn't. wasn't. I don't think he was, but I feel like there was one more person. Wasn't there one? Maybe not. No, that was probably it. I think it was the five of us. Okay, whoever, if there was somebody else, I'm going to feel really bad. Yeah, me um, too. <laughs> but either way, I'm just looking around and I'm like, 
I'm like, oh, these guys, I'm like a fan of all of these guys. Like, and they're all in the same spot right now. And we're all just like hanging out. It's just like, it was, I don't know. It was, uh, it was one of those moments that you kind, I kind of like dreamed about happening when I started the podcast. It was just one of those like, Hey, this is happening type things. So thanks for being a part of that. Um, my pleasure. But yeah, I've talked about velocity a lot, but if I, I just wanted to give you an opportunity to say anything that you had to say about it, because it was such a, such a great thing for uh, our scene. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I've, I, I, I really like the Seattle scene. Um, the Portland scene is great and it's, it's very much, um, you know what you just said like if i get invited to someone's birthday party it's there might be 12 makers there and so it's like basically a mini convention you know in uh-huh. someone's house <laughs> and uh it's really cool to have that kind of um community here and you know you see other makers around and stuff um at the same time because we are makers like we work a lot and yeah so we actually don't i don't think we hang out as often as we probably should in like meat space. Um, mm-hmm. And there's definitely people who do a better job than I do in my basement. Um, <laughs> there's, there's definitely people who do a better job than me, but, mm-hmm. um, uh, but yeah, like I, I love the Seattle scene. It's really great. It's really positive. Um, there's a lot of really cool people doing stuff. Um, which is what you need in a, a scene is just people just to like pick up the football and run. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, like velocity was super cool. Uh, I got to do a little workshop, um, see some amazing performances. Oh, Eric. Schlappy. Schlappy. Yeah. Uh-huh. He was there. The sixth guy. Yeah. Uh huh. Oh, duh. Come on. How could I have forgot Eric? He's like, one of my my dudes. Yeah, um, Eric, I fuck, love you. I'm I feel sorry. really bad. Yeah, <laughs> I did drink a lot that weekend. Um, yeah, I did too. Um, I think I was also compartmentalize like like my Eric hang because I I hung with him recently, so I was probably just like compartmentalizing in a weird, stupid brain way. Um, anyways, go ahead. Um, yeah, uh, and then you know like. Uh, like I love all my retailers, they're all great. Um, but like Patchworks is totally just awesome. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, most of my retailers I've had 100% positive experiences with, but them I have like 1,000% positive. They're just like so. Yeah. It's such a perfect match that shouldn't even be real, but it is. Um, <laughs> and you know, yeah, well, they have the soldering night too. That probably helps with moving your kits and. Yeah, they move, I mean, they're you know they're they're not my biggest seller. I hope that's okay to say. Um, yeah. You know, uh, uh, but you know, and it's it's not about volume, you know, at all. It's just like these are people I like to talk to, and I like to mm-hmm. see, and like, um, you know, like there's people on the East Coast and in Europe and like oh you know it'd be great to great to see you and i'm like oh it would be great and maybe i will sometime but i'm not actually gonna make uh-huh. it, you know but like with patchworks it's like let's see i'll, I'll, I'll see him soon like there's got to be some opportunity in the next couple of months to go up there um yeah it's because we ha- we have that personal um connection and there's a great place and and thonk i love you too and modular addict you're great 
don't get mad synth cube i love all you guys but um uh, and, and it really I'm, helps that we are so close and do like have crossover and events and stuff yeah and i'm sure once i meet you know the guys from thonk in person i'll i'll glow about them as well um mm-hmm. but yeah uh yeah Vlasu is amazing um super fun so i'm gonna definitely do like a, at least a couple of trade shows this year what okay i'm gonna ask you how, how many trades have you have you done most of them or at least been to most of them or any what have you been to i've actually been to very few and i go to very few um uh-huh because uh i'm a one guy operation mm-hmm. and um taking time off is very hard um like i my nearest resolution is to have weekends i've I've already blown that. I've only had like four Uh chances and I've already blown like, you know, it's when you're a one man shop, you kind of work all the time. So taking time away is really tough. Um, They're really expensive. Um, And some of them are good and worth it and pay off in the long run. And some of them do not. And um, I'm also like, I get really, I'm I'm pretty introverted, and uh, I like to have a time where it's like, okay, I'm going to hang out with Tim and the gang tonight. We're going to get enchiladas, and it's going to be great. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm going to be like as social as I can be for those six hours. Um, and before that, I spent the entire day alone, and like that's how I like to be is have uh-huh. that that kind of split time and um you know when you're when you're doing a you know a three four day thing talking to people 12 hours a day plus the after party oh (laughs) i I can't even imagine nam like i just i saw like it's i had like this kind of like uh i'm gonna throw out a, a cool a cool millennial term but i had some serious fomo going on uh during uh, during the NAM, just seeing all the the pictures of like, oh shit, all these people that I know, kind of like how Velocity was, like, it, but on steroids. Like, there's everybody together, you know. Um, and I'm not there hanging out with them. Like, oh fuck, I wish I was there. But then also, like, you hear from the people who are there, and it's just like, at the end of all the cool posts, there's the I'm recovering. I'm gonna crawl into a hole for three months. You know. I'll, to do my Nam recovery, <laughs> it seems like I I don't think Nam is the one for me. Um, yeah, it's not the one for me. Uh, I I don't think I could do it. I I I would love to send someone there. Like Arturia actually took a bunch of my stuff down there two years ago because uh-huh. when they put out their Eurorack case um, for yeah. the first time, um, that was awesome to have someone <laughs> else take my stuff down there. Um, I would love for that. But, um, you know, also for me, it's like a lot of, even though they shouldn't, like I always tell, I always tell brick and mortar people, you know, everything else can get returned except my stuff. My product is the one thing that won't come back to you. Like Uh. (laughs) it comes back to me maybe, but it never comes back to you. Everything else can get returned, Um, but not my Uh stuff, but it still is difficult to get into like traditional retail environments. So there's it's just the pickings are even just a lot slimmer, you know, cause it's yeah. not, 
it's like if you're you know if you're insert you know if you're Maleco or whatever 4MS you know yeah you need to be at NAM or whatever because the Sweetwater guy's there and you mm-hmm. want to make sure that the Sweetwater guy orders a bunch of your crap that you just came yeah. up with um, because that's how your business works but for me it's like well Sweetwater's probably not going to do any DIY stuff so it's you know the pickings are just a lot slimmer for me to eat like well just you're competing business. like i've heard from i'm sure this year was uh, this year had to have been a little different but i think it's still a little true it um that the euro rack portion of nam is such it's just a tiny little sliver right you know so it'd probably be pretty easy for you know uh, uh, i think you know somebody like 4ms like make noise huge in our huge in our little our world right yeah. big there and they're big companies but when they go to nam you know there's fender and gibson and right. you know like so like they be they be, like they're the big fish in our pond but then they become a small fish there so like when a small like small to medium fish in our <laughs> pond goes to nam like i can't imagine it's a huge you know uh it would be that useful you know what i mean yeah i, mean, I don't know well they have you know they have their lane right so it's like the guy right. who's going into fender is not the guy who goes over to your rack world. That's true. That's and, true. And I mean, even like Sweetwater is actually aware of me. Like we, we've been yeah. talking and, and, you know, that would be, I didn't mean to call you a small fish. I was more just generally no, speaking. Dude, about I'm, I'm a one man shop. I'm the tiniest <laughs> of fishes, <laughs> but you know, even like the bigger companies, it's like, oh, they have five employees, you know, it's yeah, like, right. it's, they're not big. Holy shit. And, they have 10 people. Yeah. yeah. I mean like Fender has more California reps than <laughs> they uh-huh. have employees, you know? So it's, um, you know, so, but it's in, in a, you know, a, a place like Sweetwater, they have people who are specialized. So, like, their Eurac guy, he knows everything. Like, he knows who I am, um, which is crazy um, mm-hmm. to me. But you know, they have they have people who are who are built for that. Yeah, I think what from what I've heard, I've talked with a lot of people about it, and um, you know, friends, other friends who are makers, and the general consensus that I have is is that. Uh, they're all a lot of work, but KnobCon is the the funnest for like the the best hang. Yeah, so that's so why. I think that's and Super Booth, of course, is is like legendary. But yeah, I don't think I'm gonna do Super Booth this year. In fact, I know I'm not because I already did my calendar this year. But um, I might do it next year. Um, I think I am definitely gonna do KnobCon this year. Um, it's a weird thing like running a modular business because um, it's like if if I'm not going to have fun I might as well go back to my day job and make way more money right and have like way more <laughs> security and have like weekends and have uh, like vacation time and have mm-hmm. health insurance <laughs> um, so um, yeah at the same time treating your you know, treating your one-man shop as like Abe's time, fun time, is a really bad idea and a recipe for for failure. So it's it's a it's a really funny mix of like, how much am I going to do stuff I don't want to do, versus not. So I, this year I'm going to limit my conventions to things that I will that I know I will have a good time at. Uh-huh. Um, and then I think I would have a good time at Superbooth, but I also think I would probably be super overwhelmed. 
but yeah, maybe yeah. next year. Yeah, I'm trying to talk Hannah into, hey, you want to go to Germany? Um, but like, if you're going to go on an international trip together, like, it'd be a pretty, we, I'd really have to sweeten the deal and we'd have to find a way to stay there for a lot longer than, cause I'm not going to, I'm not going to drag my wife over there to, to go to, <laughs> just to go to a synth convention. Yeah. So our plan <laughs> would be to go to Superbooth and then hop over to Greece for yeah. a week or so um, to sweeten the, to make it like good. Cause it's, it's pretty cheap to get from place to place when you're, you know, on another continent and, yeah. um, you know, comparably and Greece is great. let's work on a two-year plan let's 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 go to super booth 2021 and uh and then and then go on a little european vacation afterwards absolutely <laughs> and this year, a lot of fun. this year we'll just go to nopcon and we'll just go hang out in schomburg this year yeah <laughs> fucking glorious schomburg it's like going to uh, well, that, no one's going to get that reference in there f- unless they're from King County, uh, Washington. But that's like going to Federal Way and hanging out. Oh, um, yeah. The Bonsai Museum, though, dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The well, Bonsai Museum's dope that, over there. I, yeah. I fucking hate Federal Way, man. Um, I, I lived in Federal Way as a kid. Anyways, okay, so we're, we're getting close. We're getting close on time. Um, but is there anything that you were hoping to cover or say or scream to the modular mountaintops before we get into our patch challenge discussion? I don't think so. Um, yeah, off mic Abe is definitely more opinionated, which I really uh, enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, off mic Abe is definitely more opinionated. Um, <clears throat> but the owner of AS is just a, a good guy who loves everyone. Um, no, you know, um, if, you know, if, if anyone pays attention to me, I'll say thank you. Um, that's really cool. And, um, if you want to, if you have any questions about DIY, like go to AISs.com and hit up the contact page because I will get your email and I will return it and yeah, I will talk to you. Um, yeah. I also want to just throw out for, for you, um, that okay so a lot of people listening um i do have a couple people who listen or like get into the show because they're just getting into um to synth to, into euro rack stuff or, or diy um for the most part it's it's people who are already in though but if you're already in and you have some you know friends or you know peers who you know are uh, have a propensity towards this type of stuff or are starting to express interest like please direct them to to ai because it's as somebody who, before we were buddies, like who was into the DIY thing before the podcast kind of took over my life, um, you know, one of the the biggest frustrations for me in the DIY thing was just really bad build guides and just uh, missing information on kit. Like you'd buy a kit, but there'd be like key information missing um, or just like, it, it was just, I when I found your site and and saw your build guides, I was just like, this is the standard that everyone needs to be held to. Like, um, and I'm not saying you're the only person with good stuff. I haven't built stuff from everybody, especially in the Euro rack world. So I'm not throwing any shade at anybody, you know, in that world, I was mostly doing guitar pedal stuff. Um, really not trying to throw anybody on the bus. Just trying to say like the way you do it is just, it's, you can't fuck it up. Like even like if you do fuck it up, it's kind of, it's totally human error because if you fuck up and go back, yeah. And then you, yeah, exactly. Um, 
So yeah, I just want to say, if you know anybody who's in, who's looking to get into it, AI is where you should send them because it's such a great starting point. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that, that was the yeah, main absolutely. problem to solve. Is like most DIY companies when I was getting, when I was doing it, and it's definitely changed now. And there's a lot better stuff out there, but almost every DIY maker was basically doing it as like, eh, it's a weekend thing. It's yeah. something I do every once in a while. So it's like, well, you're not really going to get the support. And it's kind of like, yeah, I'll make a, I'll make a PCB and then give you schematic. And then, you know, eh, it, you know, I ship once every two weeks or something. And it's like, no, like, what if I did it like a real business and like yeah. shipped in a timely manner and like had real instructions. And I was like, that's probably, it's probably a niche there. Um, you know, that, that would give me a reason to succeed in this market. And, and so far it's worked. Yeah, and you do you, you I know you have like some but I haven't I haven't kept up on all of your educational stuff. But do you have like video build guides for everything that you've done? I know you have some where yeah. you like build it and so you have video build guides and then you have the PDF build guides um or or just like the page that has like a lot of so I'm I'm a I need to see pictures guy. Like you're like see this? This yeah. is where you put it. Like and I yeah, that's that's been my my issue like a lot of the DIY stuff just uh, it kind of assumes you're you have a certain amount of knowledge, right? And a lot of the times you don't have that knowledge, so you don't assume that anybody knows that diodes are polarized. Right. You know, every time you're like, "This is polarized," right? It has to be a certain way, you know, like those reminders. And I think those are so important for people who are just getting into it. And yeah, um, yeah. So there's the video build guide. There's the step-by-step web page with pictures, and then there's the printable uh, PDF that has like just like if you're if all you want is a checklist that you can mark off. There's that one. Three levels. Sweet. And you're all like you said. You're always like po- like if you use this stuff, you know you like you're you're really good at reposting people's stuff on Instagram and stuff. Like I try to really encourage people to interact because I think especially before I even got into doing the podcast, like you just think that, Oh, these guys are, you know, they're, they're too busy. I'm not going to bug them. But for generally, if, if you want to reach out and just say, Hey, I like this thing. Like we really appreciate that. Oh, I, um, love I know that. you builders do. Yeah, yeah. So I really like to try to th- throw that out to the listener, like get a hold of these guys and tell them how much you love their stuff because it surprisingly, I don't think they hear it as much as you think they do because everybody thinks that, Oh, I don't want to be one of those people. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm also like the the good at reposting is also bad at making original content. So it goes hand in, <laughs> goes hand, in hand. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. Okay. So you, we're not going to be able to do the sign off because or the the patch challenge during the conversation because you got some stuff to do. But we're going to give you some words on air anyways. Yeah. Um, and then I'll switch out the s- mic and then do different audio recording and then. Yeah, so we'll. I'll give you your words, and we'll do a sign off, and then we'll get the patch challenge later. So, I don't know if you heard, but uh, one of my listeners made a patch challenge generator website. That's super cool. Which is really, yeah, it's um, and it's on my link tree on Instagram. Um, Sam Chittenden, thank you so much, dude. Uh, He is Tuesday Adventure on. Instagram makes cool music too. So what he did, he he's a, he has a two parameters. There's the just give me the words, but there's also a mood setting. So you Ooh. can pick between some moods. Ooh. So um, 
The last two guests have done Mysterious, so I'm going to take that one off the table, but there's plenty more. Okay. Um, musical, simple, easy, hard, rhythmic, happy, sad, angry, dark, light, aggressive, peaceful, open, closed. I know that was a lot, but did any? what's the one that's sticking in your head right now? I think due to the nature of the exercise, I will choose open. Open. Okay, cool. All right. Do open and I'm going to generate some words. Secretive chamber. Okay. You're almost you're almost sitting in your own secretive chamber it's right now where you develop your ideas and Yeah. Oh shit, we didn't talk about D&D at all. I know people know I know the people that know you're into D&D like to check in with you about that. Okay. Um but we actually we did talk about it on the live stream that we did. Yeah. And, oh, and look what shirt I'm wearing. <laughs> it's an and it's an ampersand made out of a dragon blowing fire. Yeah, it's the D&D. That's pretty sweet. D it's the N in D&D. Ah. Um So yeah, go go if you want to hear about uh Abe's latest in uh in D and D, and we talk about other stuff. And our Benny was on the last one, so if you want to go to my YouTube page, yep. uh, it is on there. Okay, so secretive chamber, and um, people can go to AISynthesis.com to learn more about AI. Is there anything else that you want to say before we stop recording? No. Uh, thanks so much for the interview, and and yeah, come come hit me up and say hi. And that's our episode. Thank you so much for listening. Um, Thank you to Abe for coming on the show. Please check out AISynthesis.com to learn more about what he's up to over there. Um, please also check out AfterLaterAudio.com, EschatonicModular.com, and Patchworks.com. Now let's enjoy Abe's patch. Until next week. <laughs>